0: Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual fiscal update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe, or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 3, 2017 Adoption Subsidy Projections Workshop Meeting, March 30th, 2017. Projections Workshop. Staff from the Department of Management, DOM, the Department of Human Services, DHS, and the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, LSA, met on March 30th, 2017 to discuss the Adoption Subsidy Program Actual fiscal year 2017 expenditures to date and estimated fiscal year 2017 fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019 expenditures the project's work group is established in Iowa code section 234.47 to discuss revenues and expenditures and agree on an estimate for the current and upcoming fiscal years members of the work group agreed that the percentage of cases eligible for federal Title IV-E funding is expected to increase each month and will outpace the caseload growth rate as determined by current trends. Additionally, a more favorable federal medical assistance percentage FMAP rate greatly affects the expected state share for the adoption subsidy program. These factors led to the following estimates. Fiscal year 2017, the work group agreed to an estimated net deficit of $144,000 after the federal delinking reinvestment of savings requirement to reinvest savings from federal Title IV-E funds is satisfied. This amount differs from the previously estimated net surplus of $493 due to the $400,000 fiscal year 2017 Adoption Subsidy Deappropriation through Senate File 130. Fiscal Year 2018, the workgroup agreed to an estimated net surplus of $1,204,725 after setting aside surplus funds to meet the federal delinking requirement. And fiscal year twenty nineteen, the workgroup agreed to an estimated net surplus of one million five hundred eighty thousand three hundred ninety seven dollars after setting aside surplus funds to meet the federal delinking requirement. The next projections work group meeting has not been scheduled at this time, but will likely occur in june twenty seventeen. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams. Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled... Adoption Subsidy Projections Work Group Meeting March 30th 2017 Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division April 5th 2017 Veterans Trust Fund March 2017 Update Fund Balance As of March 31st 2017 the Veterans Trust Fund balance is million. The total principal balance after the lottery transfer is $26 million. The total spendable portion of the trust fund balance, including interest income, donations, and lottery transfer, is approximately $262,000. Expenditures to date for fiscal year 2017 have totaled approximately $322,000. Assistance categories. Assistance categories are established in Iowa Code Section 35A.13 subsection 6 and in 801 Iowa Administrative Code Chapter 14. Examples of permissible expenditures include housing repairs, emergency medical care, dental expenses, eyeglasses, hearing aids, prescriptions, automobile repair, and other items. Additional information on historical income and expenditures can be found in the issue review overview of Iowa Veterans Programs. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kent Ohms. Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Veterans Trust Fund, March 2017 Update. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April fifth, 2017. University of Northern Iowa, UNI. United Faculty, Collective Bargaining, Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019. Bargaining has concluded between the State and the University of Northern Iowa, UNI, United Faculty for Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019. The final agreement includes... 1.1% 1.1% increase in salaries effective July first, 2017, fiscal year 2018, and 1.1% increase in salaries effective July first, 2018, fiscal year 2019. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 5, 2017. State Police Officers Council, SPOC, Collective Bargaining, Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019. Bargaining has concluded between the state and the State Police Officers Council, SPOC, for Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019. The final agreement includes Across the board, 2% pay increase effective July 1, 2017, Fiscal Year 2018. Across the board, 2% pay increase effective July 1, 2018, Fiscal Year 2019. Step increases of 3.5% with another 1% for employees who achieve, quote, meets expectations, end quote, or, quote, satisfactory, end quote, levels of performance during the term of the contract Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019 and increase in clothing allowances. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 6, 2017. Committee to Organize Graduate Students, University of Iowa, COGS-SUI Collective Bargaining Fiscal Year 2018 and Fiscal Year 2019. An Interest Arbitration Award has been issued concerning the State and the Committee to Organize Graduate Students University of Iowa COGS-SUI for fiscal year 2018 and fiscal year 2019. The arbitrator considered 23 proposals. The Public Employment Relations Board P-E-R-B, had determined that of the 23 issues submitted for a negotiability determination, one is a mandatory subject of bargaining and therefore subject to determination by an arbitrator. The arbitrator agreed with the PERB decision and excluded the 22 non-mandatory permissive issues from the final award. The arbitrator considered and ruled on the sole remaining issue, base wages. The parties agreed to wage increases of 1.1% each year during the term of the contract. The arbitrator agreed with the bargaining unit, that salary distribution should be part of the agreement. The arbitrator found, quote, that for salaried instructional employees it is important to the employment relationship that employer and employee have a common understanding about when and in what increments salary payments will occur, end quote. The arbitrator included the following language in the agreement, quote, the total salary of full semester, full academic year, full fiscal year, full eight-week and full six-week summer appointments shall be made in equal monthly installments. The total salary of other appointments shall be paid in monthly installments proportional to the percentage of appointment worked per month. End quote. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 7, 2017. Audit. Benton Development Group Special Investigation. Special Investigation. The Auditor of State released a report of a special investigation of the Benton Development Group, BDG, for the period of January 1, 2009 through August 31, 2014. The BDG is a nonprofit organization that provides assistance to communities, individuals, and businesses in Benton County to promote economic growth and vitality. The county is the primary source of funding for the organization. The investigation was a result of concerns raised regarding certain financial transactions processed by the former executive director of BDG, Renee Becker. Findings. The investigation identified $49,634 of improper or unsupported disbursements during the period under investigation. The investigation could not go further back in time because bank records and documentation prior to January 1, 2009 were not available. It was not possible to determine whether all collections were deposited properly because adequate records were not available. Among the improper disbursements identified by the investigation was $17,436 in improper purchases of a personal nature using BDG's credit card and $12,825 in improper payroll disbursements to Ms. Becker and related payroll costs. The report also identifies $7,320 in unsupported disbursements to vendors and $3,624 in unsupported credit card purchases. Because of the lack of sufficient supporting documentation, it was not possible to determine whether these expenditures were made for BDG operations or were personal in nature. Fiduciary Oversight The report notes that the composition of the BDG Board of Directors changed in January 2014 and the Board implemented new procedures to provide more oversight of BDG operations. The report finds that prior to January 2014, the Board failed to exercise proper fiduciary oversight. The report includes recommendations to ensure sufficient oversight and strengthen internal controls. The full report can be found on the Auditor of State's website. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 21, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 504, Mental Health County Levy. Senate File 504 revises the County Mental Health and Disability Services MHDS property tax levy by equalizing the taxes that can be levied in each county on a regional basis and setting a maximum per capita amount that can be levied across the entire region. The new regional per capita cap is set by adding the sum of the maximum amount each county in the region would be able to levy for fiscal year 2018 under current law and dividing that by the region's general population. Counties then multiply the new regional cap by their populations to get the new county cap. The regional caps are limited statewide to $47.28 per capita. The bill also requires counties to spend down fund balances in excess of 25%. Beginning in fiscal year 2018, counties have three years to spend down fund balances on services required in their regional management plans. Beginning in fiscal year 2022, counties are limited to a fund balance reserved for cash flow of 20% of gross expenditures if the region has a population equal to or greater than 100,000 or 25% of gross expenditures if the region has a population of fewer than 100,000 counties will be required to reduce their levies by any dollar amount in excess of the cash flow amount. For fiscal year 2018 through fiscal year 2020, the bill requires the Broadlawns Medical Center Board of Trustees to transfer 2.8 million dollars to the Polk County Board of Supervisors to deposit in the county MHDS fund. In addition, Broadlawns Medical Center is required to donate 3.5 million dollars worth of services to Polk County MHDS. The bill requests that the Legislative Council authorize a study committee to analyze the viability of the levy caps in this bill. The study committee is to meet during the 2018 legislative interim and submit a report to the General Assembly by January 15, 2019. The bill requires the Department of Human Services, DHS, to convene a stakeholder work group to make recommendations relating to the delivery of access to and coordination and continuity of mental health disability and substance use disorder services. The work group is required to submit a report with recommendations to the governor and General Assembly by December 15 2017 in addition the bill requires the regional administrators for the MHDS regions to convene a stakeholder work group to create collaborative policies and processes relating to the delivery of access to and continuity of services for individuals with complex mental health, disability, and substance use disorder needs. Fiscal impact. Senate file 504 allows counties to levy an additional $2.2 million in fiscal year 2018 and $2.7 million in fiscal year 2019, which includes the transfer of property tax dollars from Broadlawns Medical Center. Those increases will be offset by property tax reductions as counties reduce their levies and spend down fund balances. Due to the three-year time frame, counties have to spend down those funds on approved services. The Legislative Services Agency, or LSA, is not able to estimate the dollars that will be dedicated to property tax reduction. With the equalization of levies between counties within regions, 59 counties will be required to reduce their property tax levies by $8.6 million and 40 counties will be given additional levy authority to increase their property taxes by 8.6 million dollars. All other increases and decreases in the levy are related to changes in estimated population for a county. Enactment date the bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 20, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jess Benson Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-4611. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled End of Session Senate File 504 Mental Health County Levy. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 21, 2017. End of Session Senate File 230 Health Insurance Premiums, Legislators. Description. Senate File 230 specifies that all members and full-time employees of the General Assembly participants can only select from the state group health insurance plans offered to non-contract employees of the executive branch, excluding those offered specifically to employees of the Board of Regents. Payment amounts for state group health insurance are required to be on the same basis as that of the specified non-contract employees. Fiscal impact. Senate file 230 will reduce general fund expenditures by an estimated $235,000 in fiscal year 2018 and $470,000 annually beginning with fiscal year 2019. The payments by the members and full-time employees of the General Assembly will increase by a like amount. Enactment date. This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 4, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 12, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, April 21, 2017. End of Session House File 542 Unemployment Compensation Disqualifications. Description. House File 542 increases the amount of wages a person who has drawn unemployment benefits must earn in order to be eligible for benefits in the next benefit year from $250 to eight times the person's weekly benefit amount. Fiscal Impact. The Act will reduce payments from the Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund by approximately $2.1 million annually beginning with fiscal year 2018. Enactment Date. This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 4, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 13, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division April 21, 2017 End of Session House File 529 Occupational Safety Enforcement Description House File 529 provides for conformity with federal law relating to civil penalties for violations of occupational safety and health laws. Federal law requires annual adjustment of penalty amounts based on the Federal Consumer Price Index. This change increases penalties for each violation by approximately 80%. Fiscal Impact The Act will increase general fund revenue by an estimated $800,000 annually beginning with fiscal year 2018. Enactment Date. This Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 3, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 13, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 25, 2017. End of session Senate file 234 texting while driving as primary offense. Description Senate file 234 prohibits drivers from using an electronic communication device to text or view digital media while operating a motor vehicle unless the motor vehicle is at a complete stop off the traveled portion of the road. The Act amends Iowa Code Section 321.276 to change the use of an electronic communication device while driving from a secondary offense to a primary offense. This act allows for a law enforcement officer to pull over a driver exclusively for violation of this provision. A person found in violation of this statute is subject to a scheduled fine of $30. Minority impact. The minority impact of Senate File 234 is unknown. Under current law, Caucasians received 76% of citations, African-Americans received 2.5%, Latinos 2%, Asians 2%, and 17.4% were unknown. Fiscal Impact It is estimated that Senate File 234 will increase revenue to the State General Fund, the Victim Compensation Fund, and local jurisdictions. Revenue from the fines levied, court costs, and a portion of the surcharge will go to the General Fund. Enactment Date the act was approved by the General Assembly on April 14, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 17, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Michael Guansi, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 25, 2017. End of Session, House File 463, Motor Vehicle Enforcement and Commercial Learners Permits. Description, House File 463 amends the validity period of a Commercial Learners Permit, CLP, to match federal code. The bill also allows certain commercial Motor Vehicles, CMV, with auxiliary power or idle reduction technology to exceed the maximum gross weight limits under Iowa Code Chapter 321 by 550 pounds or the weight of the applicable technology, whichever is less. The act further regulates the enforcement powers and duties of the Department of Transportation, DOT, Motor Vehicle Enforcement, MVE officers under Iowa Code Section 321.477. The act confers the authority of a peace officer to designated DOT employees to enforce all the laws of the state, including DOT rules and regulations, as defined under Iowa Code Section 801.4 enforcement officers may not exercise the general powers of a police officer within city limits unless a mayor makes a request with the approval of the director of the DOT. A sheriff or county attorney makes a request with the approval of the director of the DOT. The MVE officer is in pursuit of law violators or law investigations. The MVE officer is performing CMV inspections under Iowa Code Chapter 321 or any additional inspections as ordered by the director of the DOT. And the MVE officer is conducting The investigation of laws relating to narcotics and other drugs. The DOT is required to file a report with the General Assembly on or before December 1st of each year detailing the CMV and non-CMV enforcement activities conducted in the previous fiscal year. The section of the Act amending Iowa Code Section 321.477 is repealed July 1st, 2018. Fiscal impact. The act has the following fiscal impacts. The fiscal impact to the road use tax fund, RUTF, from the revenue reduction of CLP renewals is expected to be minimal. The fiscal impact to the RUTF from changing weight restrictions for certain commercial vehicles that employ auxiliary power units or idle reduction technologies is expected to be minimal. There is no fiscal impact to the general fund or the RUTF from amending Iowa Code Section 321.477 to regulate the authority of MVE officers. There may be no or minimal fiscal impact to the Department of Public Safety, DPS, or the General Fund for CMV Enforcement Reimbursement under the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Assistance Program, or MCSAP. And there may be no or minimal fiscal impact to the DOT, or the RUTF for CMV Enforcement Reimbursement under MCSAP. Enactment Date. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 21, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Michael Guansi, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 25, 2017. End of session, House File 203, Secondary Road Fund. Description, House File 203 authorizes the Iowa Transportation Commission, after consultation with stakeholders, to periodically allocate primary road fund, PRF, monies in exchange for federal aid funds that would otherwise be allocated to counties and cities. This act will apply to federal funds provided by the Surface Transportation Block Grants, STBG, program. Fiscal impact. The fiscal impact to the PRF cannot be determined at this time. Any exchange of PRF monies for federal aid monies will require the approval of the Transportation Commission after consultation with stakeholders representing local and state authorities. Funding exchanges may decrease the number of local projects on secondary or city roads under federal regulation and increase the number of Department of Transportation DOT, projects on primary road funds under federal regulation. However, the fiscal impact of the shift is unknown. Federal aid funds exchange will require additional PRF monies from the DOT to match for use in federal aid projects funded by the DOT. Increases in costs to the department to match federal monies or decreases in administrative costs overseeing federal projects cannot be determined without consideration of the Transportation Commission's decisions. Enactment Date. The Act was approved by the General Assembly on March 21, 2017 and signed by the Governor on March 23, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Michael Guanzi, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-1286. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 26, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 500. E-911 consolidation. Description Senate file 500 relates to the E-911 emergency telephone communication systems and E-911 surcharge fund and makes the following changes. Modifies and adds technological terminology related to E-911 emergency telephone communication systems allows the E-911 program manager to provide grants, for the purpose of developing and maintaining geographic information system data to be used in support of the next generation 911 network, makes changes to the distribution and permissible expenditures of the E-911 emergency communications service surcharge. The bill removes the allocation of $4.4 million to the Department of Public Safety for the fiscal year 2017 lease payment for building Of the statewide interoperable communication system the funding for the fiscal year 2018 lease payment of 4.1 million dollars will be made from the infrastructure appropriations bill House File 643 limits the definition of consolidation with respect to grants provided to public safety answering points PSAPS adds a member to the existing 13 members of the E911 Communications Council that would be appointed from the Iowa Geographic Information Council Requires the Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management, HSEMD, to develop a plan to combine the wireline E911 network with the next-generation E911 network. Changes the amount of funds available for local PSAP consolidation grants from $4.4 million to $7 million and specifies that these consolidations would be physical rather than virtual and combines existing language, allowing PSAPs to use E911 surcharge funds for costs related to receipt and disposition of E911 calls as well as costs to access the state's interoperable communication system. The PSAPs can currently use E911 surcharge funds for radio systems and the intent of this provision is to remove redundant language from the Iowa Code. Fiscal Impact There is no impact to the general fund as all revenues are from the E-911 surcharge fund. This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 22, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation will take effect on July 1, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled End of Session Senate File 500 E911 Consolidation. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division April 26, 2017 End of Sessions Senate File 446 Asset Forfeiture Description: Senate File 446 relates to asset forfeiture and includes a prohibition on civil asset forfeiture for property valued at less than $5,000 increases the standard of proof required for asset forfeiture to clear and convincing evidence, requires a proportionality review with regard to property to be forfeited and requires law enforcement agencies to retain certain records related to asset forfeiture. Fiscal impact. Senate file 446 will likely have a fiscal impact on all agencies that retain a portion of the proceeds from forfeiture, such as the Department of Justice, DOJ, local law enforcement, and county attorneys. Any forfeitures below $5,000 would require a conviction for the forfeiture to be retained by the state. As a result, there may be fewer cash forfeiture and forfeiture proceeds retained by the DOJ and law enforcement agencies, although an estimate is indeterminable at this time. The increased burden of proof for forfeiture proceedings may also result in fewer cases filed and a reduction in the number of forfeiture orders issued. Enactment date. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 10, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division April 26, 2017 End of Session Senate File 403 Equipment Rental Services Theft Description Senate File 403 amends Iowa Code Sections 714.1 Subsection 9 and 714.6A by specifically including equipment rental property in the definition of theft. This act provides that theft occurs when a person obtains the temporary use of equipment rental property with the intent to deprive the owner of the property without consent or lawfully obtains the temporary use of equipment rental property and fails to return the property by the agreed time with the intent to deprive the owner of the property without consent. Minority Impact This act expands the definition of theft. There is no historical data to determine a minority impact. Correctional impact. The correctional impact cannot be estimated because there is no historical data for the expanded definition of theft. Under current law, the penalty for theft ranges from a simple misdemeanor to a Class C felony depending on the value of the property and circumstances of the theft. Fiscal impact. The fiscal impact to the state cannot be estimated because this act creates a new crime and, as a result, the number of convictions cannot be estimated. The estimated average state costs per offense class type are as follows. Simple misdemeanor, $30 to $330. Serious misdemeanor, $250 to $4,200. Aggravated misdemeanor. $3,100 to $7,000, Class D Felony $6,300 to $12,300, and Class C Felony $7,500 to $18,600. Enactment Date This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 10, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 21, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 26, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 374, State Public Defender Office General Policy. Description, Senate File 374 specifies that the state public defender must coordinate the representation of indigent persons under arrest or charged with a crime and facing the possibility of imprisonment under the applicable criminal statute or ordinance and that this representation will be provided at public expense if necessary. The Act also requires the State Public Defender to seek reimbursement from the Indigent Defense Fund for compensation and expenses for the defense of an indigent person who violates a local ordinance and faces the possibility of imprisonment. The affected political subdivision of the State is required to reimburse the Office of the State Public Defender for these costs. The Act also amends the requirements for contracts with nonprofit organizations allows for changes to the office computer networks and extends the time period for reporting case expenses. Fiscal Impact The provision of this act requiring reimbursement by a political subdivision to the office of the state public defender will reduce costs to the indigent defense fund and transfer indigent defense costs for certain municipal ordinance violations To the applicable local government. The cost to local governments is estimated to be relatively small. The total reimbursement from all of the affected local governments to the Indigent Defense Fund is estimated to be between $30,000 and $45,000 per year. The provision of the Act Affecting Political Subdivisions does not go into effect until January 1, 2018. Enactment Date This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 11, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 21, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509 fiscal update fiscal services division april twenty six two thousand seventeen end of session senate file three fifty eight search warrants electronic applications to court description senate file three fifty eight allows for the application for and issuance of a search warrant by electronic means the act permits the judicial branch to establish the processes and procedures for the electronic submission of an application for an issuance of a search warrant. In addition, Senate File 358 allows for the written inventory of any property seized to be filed with the Clerk of the District Court. The effective date of the Act is contingent on the effective date of rules prescribed by the Supreme Court and submitted to the Legislative Council that establish processes and procedures to implement this Act. Fiscal Impact. Senate File 358 does not have a fiscal impact because it does not mandate immediate implementation of an electronic submission system. An electronic submission system for the application for an issuance of search warrants would not be implemented until the necessary technology funds are available within the judicial branch operating budget. The estimated cost of completing the project is approximately $75,000. The costs and possible savings will vary depending on several factors, including the ability of local law enforcement systems to interface with the court's electronic document management system. The electronic submission system may allow for some savings as a result of reduced processing costs and greater efficiency in the application and issuance process. Enactment date. This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 3rd, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 12, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 26, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 238. 238- Sexual exploitation by school employee. Description, Senate File 238 expands the code provision establishing the criminal offense of sexual exploitation by a school employee by broadening the definition of a school employee to include full-time employees, part-time employees, substitutes, volunteers having significant routine contact with students, and persons under a contract to a school district having significant routine contact with students. Minority impact. There is no minority impact. Correctional impact. Based upon past history, it is forecasted that there would be an annual increase of five convictions, four prison admissions, one jail admission, and four residential facility admissions annually. Fiscal impact. It is estimated that the fiscal impact of this act will be minimal. Enactment date. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 12, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation will take effect on July 1, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst III with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division April 26, 2017 End of Session House File 526 Invasion of Privacy Revenge Distribution of Materials Description. House File 526 creates two additional criminal offenses related to invasion of privacy. Current law regarding invasion of privacy does not address situations where the victim had given prior consent to being photographed or filmed, but not to dissemination of the photograph or film. This act establishes two additional invasion of privacy criminal offenses that would be aggravated misdemeanors, punishable by confinement for no more than two years and a fine of at least $625, but no more than $6,250. Those offenses are knowingly disseminating, publishing, distributing, posting, or causing the dissemination, publication, distribution, or posting of a photograph or film showing another person in a state of full or partial nudity or engaged in a sex act without the consent of the other person and knowingly creating a photograph or film that shows another person in a state of full or partial nudity or engaged in a sex act if the other person did not or was unable to consent to the creation there is no minority impact correctional impact based upon past history It is estimated that there would be an annual increase of fifteen aggravated misdemeanor convictions under this act. Ten of these would result in a prison sentence and five in jail orders. The net increase to the prison population would be three individuals in the first year of implementation fiscal year 2018 and six individuals annually after that. Fiscal impact. It is estimated that the fiscal impact of this act will be minimal. Enactment date. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 19, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation will take effect on July 1, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update Fiscal Services Division April 26, 2017 End of Session House File 52 Interference with Official Acts and Court Bailiffs Description House File 52 expands the protected parties under the offense of interference with official acts to include county bailiffs provided to the court pursuant to Iowa Code section 602.1303 subsection 4. This act provides that anyone who knowingly resists or obstructs a person performing bailiff duties commits the offense of interference with official acts under Iowa Code section 719.1 subsection 1. Minority Impact This act expands the definition of interference with official acts. There is no historical data to determine minority impact. Correctional impact. The correctional impact is expected to be minimal due to the limited number of bailiffs who would be protected under the expanded definition of the crime. Under current law, the penalty for interference with official acts ranges from a simple misdemeanor to a Class D felony depending on the elements and severity of the crime. Fiscal impact. The fiscal impact is estimated to be minimal due to the limited number of bailiffs who would be protected under the expanded definition of the crime. The estimated average state costs per offense class type are as follows. Simple misdemeanor, $30 to $330. Serious misdemeanor, $250 to $4,200. Aggravated misdemeanor. $3,100 to $7,000, and Class D felony $6,300 to $12,300. Enactment Date This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 3, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 12, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Laura Book, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-0509. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 26, 2017. End of Session, House File 263 domestic abuse assault description House file 263 relates to domestic abuse and sentencing for third or subsequent offense domestic abuse assaults stalking and the unauthorized placement of a global positioning device this act expands the definition of stalking and makes it a crime to place a global positioning device with the intent to intimidate annoy or alarm another person without the consent of that person Under this Act, if an offender is convicted of a third or subsequent domestic abuse assault, the offender is required to serve at least one-fifth of the maximum term, establishing a 20% mandatory minimum sentence. Currently, the actual average length of stay or LOS for a domestic abuse assault third class D felony is 17.1 months. The mandatory minimum sentence contained within this Act would increase that LOS to 36 months Because the LOS is calculated at a midpoint between the earliest parole eligibility date and sentence expiration. Under current law, an offender serving a violent repeat offender sentence is eligible for a reduction of sentence equal to 1.2 days for each day the inmate serves under good conduct. Under this act, an offender serving a sentence for a third or subsequent offense of domestic abuse assault would only be eligible for a reduction of sentence equal to 15 85 0.18 days for each day the inmate served under good conduct. This is the same rate of reduction of a sentence for an offender serving a minimum seventy percent sentence under Iowa Code Section 902.12. Additionally, in order to be eligible for a reduction of sentence, the offender needs to have completed a domestic abuse treatment program if the offender is required to participate in one. Under this act, the Board of Parole BOP is required to develop a risk assessment validated for domestic abuse related offenses in consultation with the Department of Corrections DOC. This risk assessment would be used by the BOP when determining the appropriate conditions for release. Any provision of this act is that a person placed on prohibition, parole, work release or any other type of conditional release for domestic abuse assault may be supervised in a program that includes the use of an electronic tracking and monitoring system. Minority Impact This act would have a minority impact to the African-American community. In fiscal year 2016, 21% of the persons convicted of domestic abuse and stalking were African-American. The U.S. Census estimate as of July 1, 2015 states that the Iowa population was 3.5% African-American. In the second year of enactment, there would be four more admissions to prison, two more admissions to jail, and three more placements to probation of African Americans. After the third year of enactment, there would be an increase of 10 African Americans in the prison population due to these additional convictions and the change in mandatory sentencing for third or subsequent convictions of domestic abuse assault. Correctional Impact This act is expected to result in an additional 21 convictions annually. It is estimated that there would be an additional 19 admissions to prison, an additional 11 admissions to jail, an additional placement of one offender to a residential treatment program, and an additional 16 offenders placed on probation annually. By year four, the prison population would have increased to an additional 84 offenders, due in part to the increased LOS in those under a mandatory minimum sentence. Fiscal Impact. It is estimated that the fiscal impact of this Act to the DOC due to additional convictions in fiscal year 2018 would be $97,000 and in fiscal year 2019 would be $190,000. Additionally, if the BOP was required to develop a new risk assessment protocol and have it validated, the cost would be between $80,000 and $100,000. The current risk assessment used by the DOC may be sufficient to implement the requirements of this Act. Effective Date The Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 18, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 20, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 26, 2017 End of session House File 242 Election Campaign Income Tax Checkoff. Description House File 242 eliminates the optional Iowa Election Campaign Fund Income Tax Checkoff from the Iowa Income Tax Form and eliminates the Iowa Election Campaign Fund. The bill is effective for tax year 2017 and after. The bill repeals the Iowa Election Campaign Fund effective July 1, 2018. Background. Under existing law, each taxpayer filing an individual Iowa income tax return may assign $1.50 of the taxpayer's tax to a qualified political party or to the Iowa Election Campaign Fund. This checkoff does not increase the amount of tax owed or decrease refunds of the filer. When taxpayers choose to participate in the checkoff, funds are transferred from the general fund to either the selected political party or the Iowa Election Campaign Fund. Therefore, eliminating the option to contribute to the Iowa Election Campaign Fund will increase net general fund revenue by the amount of current law assumed contributions. Fiscal impact. Eliminating the option for taxpayers to contribute to the Iowa Election Campaign Fund will increase annual net general fund revenue by an estimated 65 beginning with fiscal year 2018. Effective date. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 19th 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the governor's office. If enacted portions of the legislation will be effective July 1st 2017 and portions will be effective July 1st 2018. The checkoff will be eliminated beginning tax year 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jeff Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-4614. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 27, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 489, Fireworks Legislation. Senate File 489 legalizes the sale and use of consumer fireworks and novelties. Sales would only be allowed from June 1st or June 13th depending on the style of sales structure through July 8th of each year and December 10th through January 3rd each year. The time allowed for usage of fireworks is also restricted in the act. The State Fire Marshal Division of the Department of Public Safety (DPS) is directed to adopt emergency rules to implement the act and enforce all laws and rules relating to this act. Local governments would be able to opt out of allowing the use of fireworks in their jurisdictions but they could not opt out of allowing the sales of fireworks. Revenues from seller license fees and wholesaler registration fees ranging from $100 to $1,000 are to be deposited in the Consumer Fireworks Fee Fund under the control of the State Fire Marshal for Administration and Enforcement. The Act also establishes simple misdemeanors for violation of various requirements. Correctional Impact. There are no estimates available on how many simple misdemeanor tickets will be written for violations of this Act, but based upon misdemeanors issued under current law, it is estimated that the correctional impact will be negligible. Fiscal Impact. The estimated expenditures for the State Fire Marshal Division for FTE positions and necessary support to establish and enforce this Act are $141,000 for fiscal year 2017 and $181,000 for fiscal year 2018. These costs are to be funded from the Consumer Fireworks Fee Fund. The number of license applications to be filed is not known at this time. The timing of license revenue being received by the State Fire Marshal Division in relation to the need for funds to establish a consumer fireworks program and implement the act may be a concern. Sales tax revenue deposits to the general fund are estimated at 1.1 million dollars in fiscal year 2017 and 1.5 million dollars in fiscal year 2018. The amount from sales tax Revenue allocated to the Secure and Advanced Vision for Education, or SAVE, program is estimated to be $178,000 in fiscal year 2017 and $248,000 in fiscal year 2018. Local Options Sales Tax, LOST, is estimated to be $155,000 in fiscal year 2017 and $216,000 in fiscal year 2018. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 18, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval by the Governor. If enacted, the legislation would take effect immediately. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled End of Session Senate File 489, Fireworks Legislation. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 27, 2017. End of Session Senate File 484, Pharmacy Regulation. Senate File 484 makes the following changes to the Board of Pharmacy. Permits the board to establish a pool of alternate members to hear contested cases when a sufficient number of board members are unavailable. Revises the program to monitor impaired pharmacists, pharmacist interns, and pharmacy technicians to conform to the board's current practice. Removes the $175,000 funding cap on the pharmaceutical collection and disposal program and extends the program to include controlled substances and repeals an Iowa code section related to licensing internet pharmacy sites. Fiscal impact. To the extent that there is sufficient revenue from licensure fees available to the Board of Pharmacy, spending on the Pharmaceutical Collection and Disposal Program will increase. One controlled substance collection box costs $1,850 to install, plus two liners per year at $140 each. Increased participation in the impaired pharmacist monitoring program may lead to future needs for additional clerical support. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 10, 2017 and signed by the Governor on April 21, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Kenneth Ohms, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 27, 2017. End of Session House File 478, Property Assessment Appeal Board Sunset. House File 478 strikes the future repeal date of the Property Assessment Appeal Board, PAAB, indefinitely extending the PAAB's operations. The legislation requires the Director of the Department of Revenue, IDR, to establish per administrative rule, preliminary education requirements for property and deputy property assessors and to continue to study the existing system of continuing education for these license categories pursuant to Iowa Code Chapter 441. Additionally, the legislation prohibits licensed property assessors from requesting and using certain financial disclosure documents in determining the value of property classified both as commercial and industrial when the property is used and owned by its proprietor. Fiscal Impact No fiscal impact to the state general fund is projected for the remainder of fiscal year 2017 and for fiscal year 2018 through fiscal year 2021. Beginning in fiscal year 2022, it is estimated that House File 478 will increase general fund expenditures by approximately $1 million annually. In addition to the increase in general fund expenditures resulting from the repeal of the PAAB's sunset date, the IBR estimates that it will need additional funding to staff and complete the study of existing continuing education requirements for both property and deputy property assessors. According to the IBR, such a study may cost anywhere from $10,000 to $25,000. House File 478 will increase general fund expenditures by an additional one-time expenditure of $10,000 to $25,000 in fiscal year 2018. The legislation was approved by the General Assembly on April 21, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the Governor's Office. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 27, 2017. End of Session House File 233 Step Therapy Insurance Coverage. House file 233 relates to the use of step therapy protocols for prescription drugs by health insurance carriers, health benefit plans and utilization review organizations. The legislation defines quote step therapy protocol. And provides that when such a protocol is in use the participating individual or the prescribing health care professional must have a clear and readily accessible quote step therapy override exception process which authorizes the expedited coverage of a prescription drug selected by the prescribing health care professional based on the review of the exception request along with supporting rationale and documentation. Additionally, House File 233 also updates the definition of, quote, health carrier to exclude the three major managed care organizations MCOs that currently contract with the state of Iowa to provide Medicaid related services. Fiscal impact as the legislation defines a quote health carrier subject to the procedure of the step therapy override exemptions to exclude the three major MCOs contracting with the state of Iowa to provide Medicaid related services House file 233 is not estimated to have a significant fiscal impact on the state of Iowa. The legislation was approved by the General Assembly on April 12, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the Governor's office. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6561. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 501 sheriff fees description senate file 501 makes the following changes to some fees currently collected by county sheriffs for service of civil processes increase from $15 to $30 to serve a notice and return it and increase from $10 to $20 to serve a notice for an additional service or for multiple attempts to serve increase from $20 to $35 to serve a warrant Increase from twenty dollars to thirty five dollars to serve and return a subpoena. Increase from one hundred dollars to two hundred dollars per day to summon a jury to assess damages to landowners for works of internal improvement. Increase from fifteen dollars to thirty dollars to serve an execution attachment order for delivery of personal property injunction or any order of court and return it. Establish a fee of fifty dollars to make and execute a certificate or deed for lands sold on execution. Establish a fee of thirty dollars to make and execute a bill of sale for personal property sold. Increase from $10 to $20 per hour to make an inventory of personal property attached or levied upon. Increase from $50 to $75 to set a sale of property. Increase from $15 to $25 per hour to convey a person or persons to a state, county, or private institution by order. Increase from $5 to $10 to serve a warrant for seizure of intoxicating liquors, destruction under the order of the court, and for posting and leaving notices in these cases. Increase from $5 to $10 to post a notice of advertisement and establish a fee of $25 per hour to attend the service of a writ. 2016 Iowa Acts Senate File 503 directed the Iowa State Sheriffs and Deputies Association to submit a report detailing one year's data from a random sampling of at least 10 rural counties and at least six urban counties, the total annual county budget allocated to the county sheriff to service civil processes, and the review from the fees charged for those services. The rural counties surveyed were Cerro Gordo, Dickinson, Hamilton, Hardin, Iowa, Jackson, Jasper, Jones, Osceola, Washington, and Winnesheek. The urban counties surveyed were Johnson, Lynn, Polk, Pottawatomie, Scott, and Story. That report was completed and submitted. The result of the survey showed that the average cost per service of warrants, subpoenas, sheriff's sales, notices served, mental commitments executions, and condemnations exceeded the allowable fee for every county. The 17 sheriff's offices surveyed served 41 percent of Iowa's population, and after the collection of currently established fees, they experienced a loss of $4.5 million for completing the civil processes. This would extrapolate out to $11.1 million for the entire state of Iowa. Fiscal impact. There is no impact to the general fund. Fees paid to a county sheriff for those services are currently deposited in local accounts for that office. Funding for county sheriff's offices is through the county government. The act was approved by the General Assembly on April 21st, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the governor's office. If enacted, the legislation takes effect on July 1st, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 445, Law Enforcement Privilege. Description, Senate File 445 establishes law enforcement officer privilege and the confidentiality of certain law enforcement officer privilege personnel records. It states that a law enforcement officer is not required to disclose certain information in criminal proceedings, including personal identifying information about themselves or immediate family members. This bill also modifies criminal penalties for cocaine possession and attempted murder, modifies minimum mandatory sentence for drug offenses, and provides for reconsideration of a felony sentence. The bill repeals Iowa Code Section 152C.6, which states that no local government entity can enact or enforce restrictions on requirements regarding massage therapists, including but not limited to zoning, building code, health, and sanitation regulations. Cocaine penalties. Current law contains disparities in the penalties for crack cocaine compared to powder cocaine. The bill changes the penalties for crack cocaine to lessen that disparity. The bill also removes the mandatory minimum sentence for a Class C felony of cocaine possession and the limitations to release on parole, work release, and earned time. Drug Minimum Mandatory Sentences Under current law, a person serving a Class C felony sentence under Iowa Code Section 124.401, Subsection 1, Paragraph C, Small Quantity Drug Manufacturing Delivery or Possession with Intent to Manufacture or Deliver, is required to serve a minimum sentence as provided in Iowa Code Section 124.413. This bill removes that restriction and all offenders serving a class c felony sentence under iowa code section 124.401 subsection 1 paragraph c will not be required to serve a minimum sentence This would apply retroactively to certain current offenders serving a Class C felony drug offense and make them eligible for consideration of parole. Attempted murder. This bill establishes that an offender attempting to commit murder against a peace officer, knowing that the person is a peace officer while that officer is acting within the officer's official capacity, will serve 100% of the prison sentence imposed and will be denied parole, work release, or any other early release. Attempted murder is a Class B felony punishable by confinement for no more than 25 years. Current law requires a 70% mandatory sentence for an offender convicted of attempted murder. This bill also prohibits an offender convicted of attempted murder against a peace officer from accumulating earned time by establishing a Category C sentence. Any inmate serving a Category C sentence and another Category sentence cannot accrue earned time until the full category C sentence has been served. Reconsideration of a felon's sentence. Current law states that within one year from when an offender is convicted of a felony, other than a class A felony or a felony requiring a minimum mandatory sentence, the offender may be resentenced by the court. This bill would make that reconsideration of a felon's sentence possible for an offender serving a minimum mandatory sentence but not an offender serving a sentence for a Class A felony or a Class B felony. Correctional Impact, Cocaine Penalties. During fiscal year 2015 and 2016, there were seven new prison admissions, all for crack cocaine, under Class B felony cocaine convictions. Three of the admissions were for 50-year Super Class B felonies and four were for 25-year Class B felonies. This bill would have affected five of those new admissions, with three super class B felonies reduced to regular class B felonies and two 25 year class B felonies reduced to class C felonies. Under this bill, it is estimated that annually, one Super Class B felony 50-year prison sentence would become a regular Class B felony 25-year prison sentence instead. It is also estimated that annually, two regular Class B felony 25-year prison sentences would become Class C felony 10-year prison sentences instead. Drug Mandatory Minimum Sentences This bill eliminates a Drug Mandatory Minimum Sentence in relation to Class C felony drug offenses except for offenders, also convicted of forcible felonies. It is estimated that 291 drug offenders admitted to prison annually would not receive mandatory minimum Sentences under this bill currently there are 191 offenders serving class C felony drug sentences It is estimated that 178 of these will become eligible for consideration of parole under this bill Attempted murder of a peace officer there would be no significant correctional impact for a conviction of attempted murder of a peace officer while that officer is performing duties and knowing that person is a peace officer This is a very rare occurrence, and the difference in additional time served under this bill would be seven and one-half years. Reconsideration of a Felon's Sentence The correctional impact for reconsideration of a felon's sentence cannot be estimated. It is unknown how frequently judges will exercise this option. It is possible that reconsiderations could lead to a shorter average length of stay, LOS, for some convicted individuals. Minority Impact The U.S. Census estimate as of July 1st, 2015 states that the Iowa population was 3.5 percent African-American. Cocaine. The provisions dealing with cocaine felony sentencing in this bill would have a positive minority impact to the African-American community. During fiscal year 2015 and 2016, there were seven new prison admissions under class B felony cocaine. All were for crack cocaine and and all offenders were African-American. Drug Mandatory Minimum Sentences. The provisions dealing with drug mandatory minimum sentencing in this bill would have a positive minority impact to the African-American community. During fiscal year 2016, 15.8 percent of new prison admissions under Class C felony drug convictions were African-American. Attempted Murder of a Peace Officer. There would be no minority impact for a conviction of attempted murder of a peace officer while performing duties. This is a very rare occurrence. Reconsideration of a Felon's Sentence It is not possible to estimate a minority impact for reconsideration of a felon's sentence. It is possible that reconsiderations could lead to a shorter average LOS for some convicted individuals. This could lead to a positive minority impact as 26.1% of the prison population serving felony convictions is African American. However, it cannot be estimated how the courts would utilize reconsideration of a felon's sentence. Fiscal impact. There would be no minimal costs to comply with the law enforcement officer privilege and confidentiality requirements in this bill. The overall fiscal impact of the other provisions in this bill would not be experienced by the Department of Corrections, DOC, until several years after enactment as the majority of the provisions entail changes in the LOS of convicted individuals. There would be some cost savings experienced by the DOC, starting in fiscal year 2018, due to the release on parole of eligible offenders currently serving Class C felony mandatory minimum sentences. Cocaine. The provisions dealing with cocaine felony sentencing in this bill would result in an estimated annual savings of up to $30,000 after the first year of implementation in fiscal year 2019, with an estimated two fewer Class B felony convictions becoming Class C felony convictions annually. Drug mandatory minimum sentences. The fiscal impact of decreasing the number of offenders serving mandatory minimum sentences for drug convictions is estimated at a net cost savings of $140,000 for fiscal year 2018 and $120,000 for fiscal year 2019. This estimate takes into account the marginal cost differential of prison versus parole time, the LOS for parole, and the need for additional probation slash parole officers. Attempted murder of a peace officer. The fiscal impact of a conviction of attempted murder of a peace officer while performing duties and knowing that person is a peace officer would be minimal. For any future convictions, it is estimated that the offender would serve a full 25-year prison sentence rather than the average 17.5 years under current law. Reconsideration of a felon's sentence. It is not possible to estimate a fiscal impact for reconsideration of a felon's sentence. It is possible that reconsiderations could lead to a shorter average LOS for some convicted individuals. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 19, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the Governor's Office. If enacted, the legislation takes effect on July 1, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Alice Wisner, Legislative Analyst 3, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6764. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of Session, Senate File 240, Student Statewide Assessments. Senate File 240 requires the Department of Education to issue a new request for proposals RFP, no later than July 1st, 2017, for the selection of a statewide assessment to measure student growth and student achievement toward the Iowa Core academic standards. The selection assessment will be available for grades 3 through 8 and one high school level grade and must cover English language, arts, math, and science. The department must consider only the following RFP process. Feasibility of implementation by school districts, cost to the state and school districts, alignment with the Iowa core academic standards, and compliance with federal law Every Student Succeeds Act or ESSA. The bill requires that the department implement the selected assessment through administrative rule before the 2018-2019 school year. Fiscal Impact. The fiscal impact of this bill is dependent upon which assessment the Department of Education finds best meets the requirements. Senate File 240 was approved by the General Assembly on April 10, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jocelyn Garrett's Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled End of Session Senate File 240, Student Statewide Assessments. Fiscal Update. Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of Session School Finance Legislation. During the 2017 legislative session, the following legislation was approved that impacts school finance in fiscal year 2018. Senate File 166. School Supplemental State Aid. Regular and Categorical Reform establishes the supplemental state aid SSA rate for the state cost per pupil at 1.11%, the state categorical cost per pupil at 1.11%, and the property tax relief payment at $83 per student for fiscal year 2018. See the fiscal note for more information. This act was signed by the Governor on February 8, 2017. Senate File 516, Standing Appropriations, Reduces Total... Area Education Agency, AEA's, funding by an additional $15 million to be prorated between the AEA's by the Department of Management. This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 21, 2017. House File 564 expands acceptable uses of professional development at-risk and preschool categorical funds. The act also allows school districts to transfer general fund dollars to the Student Activity Fund for purposes of purchasing safety equipment. This Act was approved by the General Assembly on April 19, 2017. And House File 565 creates a flexibility spending account into which school districts may transfer certain unexpended fund balances, including preschool, professional development, at-risk, homeschool assistance, H.S.A.P. or any fund that has been repealed or is no longer in effect. The collected funds may be used for preschool, professional development, H.S.A.P., at-risk, gifted and talented programs, or any district general fund purpose. This act was approved by the General Assembly on April 19, 2017. Fiscal Impact. There is no expected fiscal impact to the state for House File 564 or House File 565. The combined fiscal impact of Senate File 516 and Senate File 166 brings the state aid to schools from the general fund to an estimated total of $3.184 billion for fiscal year 2018. This includes estimated total AEA funding of $217.2 million and increase of $7.8 million compared to fiscal year 2017. An increase in categorical funding of $60.7 million, primarily due to the increase in teacher leadership and compensation funding. Fiscal year 2018 is the final year of roll-in to the state aid formula for this categorical fund. Preschool funding of $78.1 million, an increase of $1.7 million from fiscal year 2017 and an increase in the property tax replacement payment to $83 per student, bringing the cost of the program to $46.7 million in state aid. Based on the 1.11% SSA rate set in Senate File 166, the Legislative Services Agency, LSA, Estimates an increase in property taxes of $55.4 million to an estimated total of $1.477 billion to fund schools in fiscal year 2018. Final fiscal year 2018 school aid amounts will be determined by the Department of Management. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jocelyn Garretts Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of Session House File 573, Home Rule. House File 573 grants Home Rule to school districts, allowing districts the ability to liberally construe Iowa Code Chapters detailing the roles and responsibilities of school districts and school boards, Iowa Code Chapters 257, 257B, and 274 through 301. Home Rule, in this context, allows school districts to make policy decisions on items not specifically outlined in the Iowa Code. This is a limited home rule application, meaning that school districts and boards will not have the ability to levy any tax outside of those previously allowed for the purposes specified, and their actions must remain consistent with the laws of the General Assembly. The bill also specifies that school districts may not levy additional fees except those expressly allowed by the General Assembly, and any policy enacted by a school board may not interfere with the duties and responsibilities of any law enforcement agency. Fiscal impact. The estimated fiscal impact of House File 573 on school districts cannot be determined. The Legislative Services Agency, LSA, estimates that there will not be increased school district general fund levying authority as a result of this bill but there are discretionary levies that may be affected. There are 24 school districts that are below the minimum board-approved physical plant and equipment levy, (PPEL) level and may therefore choose to increase their levy with increased flexibility. However, it cannot be determined which, if any, of these districts may do so. Current administrative rule lists 21 allowable uses of PPEL funds and 7 inappropriate uses, including, quote, any purpose not expressly authorized in the Iowa Code, end quote. It is unclear how a liberal interpretation of Iowa Code at the district level may change these expressly authorized allowances. And management levy rates currently vary across school districts from zero per $1,000 valuation to $5.35 per $1,000 of valuation. Administrative rule lists nine allowable uses of management funds and six inappropriate uses. As with the PPEL funds, inappropriate uses include, quote, any purpose not expressly authorized in the Iowa Code, end quote. It is unclear how a liberal interpretation of Iowa code at the district level may change these expressly authorized allowances. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 21, 2017. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jocelyn Garrett's Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2249. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of session House File 566 School Board Elections on City Election Date. House File 566 changes the date of the election of directors of local school districts, community college districts, merged areas, and area education agency boards, and provides for the combined administration of regular and special school and city elections. The bill also makes changes to the administration of elections for political subdivisions located in more than one county and establishes requirements for ballot arrangement and placement for political subdivision offices. Divisions 1 and 2 of the bill take effect on July 1, 2019, fiscal year 2020. Fiscal impact. House File 566 has a one-time fiscal impact to the Secretary of State's office for programming and geographic information system, GIS, costs, Of approximately fifty thousand dollars. The impact of combining voting precincts cannot be determined until the GIS work is completed. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 6, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the governor's office. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, April 28, 2017. End of Session House File 516, Secretary of State Election Integrity. House File 516 relates to the conduct and administration of elections. The bill includes changes to voter registration, absentee voting, voter identity verification, signature verification, polling place prohibitions, state commissioner of elections duties and certifications, voter misconduct, information and reporting, straight party voting, the voting age at primary elections, candidate filing deadlines, and post-election audits. The bill also creates an electronic poll book and polling place technology revolving loan fund under the control of the Secretary of State's office to be used to loan money at no interest to county commissioners to purchase e-poll books or to update e-poll books and polling place technology. The bill requires the Secretary of State's office to initially provide a voter identification card to an active registered voter who does not have an Iowa driver's license or an Iowa non-operators ID card. The county commissioners are required to provide voter identification cards to registered voters On an ongoing basis, the division of the bill related to voter identity verification is contingent upon appropriations by the General Assembly being sufficient to cover the costs of providing voter identification cards. Fiscal impact. The estimated cost to the Secretary of State's office for fiscal year 2018 ranges between $200,000 and $555,000 and the cost for fiscal year 2019 is estimated to be approximately $189,000. The provision implementing the voter identification card requirement is contingent upon an appropriation from the General Assembly. Certain provisions of the bill may result in increased costs to counties. However, specific cost information cannot be determined at this time. House File 640, Fiscal Year 2018 Appropriation and Regulation Appropriations Bill, included an increase to the fiscal year 2018 general fund appropriation to the Secretary of State's office for administration and elections totaling $700,000. Senate file 516 fiscal year 2018 standing appropriations bill includes language stating that the General Assembly declares that the appropriation to the Secretary of State's office in House File 640 is sufficient for the implementation of the voter identification card requirements. The bill was approved by the General Assembly on April 13, 2017 and is currently awaiting approval in the Governor's office. The staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846.